method of business would persist until the formation of the National Wrestling Alliance in 1948. NWA as a central governing body, with its singular, undisputed world champion, would be absolute, and undeniable. This control, combined with the expansion of the interstate highway system, and the inevitable popularity and availability of regional television, would usher in an era of wrestling that was defined by what would come to be known as the territory system. The territory system would dominate wrestling for nearly four decades. While the borders, authority, popularity, and obedience of individual NWA territories was in a near constant state of flux, to this day the impact and influence of these territories is still felt. Each territory had its own signature promoter and star. While it is impossible to cram these characteristics into a static, concrete map, we are damn sure going to try anyway. So open up your eyes. Thursday at 8 p.m. I want to introduce the cla uh, the cast of the 30. Sorry, guys. Got to get my act together. I'm a little sleepy tonight. Anyway, the champion of the 30 who regained the title after a one-on-one -on -one battle with his partner, Dan, from Dan and Benny in the Ring, um, beat him on the Steve Kern question, I think it was. Right, Dan? Yeah. Yeah, he got me. I mean, uh, you know, he only had to turn my mic off and steal my answers to beat me by one point, you know. Or, have the, or have the, the dog bark or have a microwave going or the – there's always something going <laughs> The roommate walked through. I'll tell you, you know, there's always something. Janetti in the barbershop got nothing on how betrayed my teammate was. That's for oh, sure. That's for sure. But let's, let's introduce the champion. Because you never know how long he's going to hold on to the title. This this title's worse than the 24-7 uh, title. No one holds it for more than a week. <laughs> and that's only because we have one show a week. Player, champion, how are you, buddy? Welcome to Playerville. Player's back for the gold. Four times. All right, a couple things we want to check off. Dog? Dog, Bree, right here. All right, good. Microwave. All right. Microwave's off. Roommate's gone. <laughs> TV's off. <laughs> It's just me this time. Smoke alarm. Smoke alarm. <laughs> Gun. <laughs> Knives. Yeah, yeah. Anything to interrupt your 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 foes or your foils. God. I mean, I, I I gotta win this one on my own tonight. All right. You're worse than you're worse than Ric Flair, dude. You have more ways to cheat than anybody, boy. 
I'm like the I'm the dust dirty dirtiest player in the game, right? <laughs> Very good. The thirty dirty. <laughs> That's ESO. ESO, how are you, dude? You think this is the day? Is this the is this the night that you are crowned the new champion? Absolutely. It should have been weeks ago when I when I got screwed on the, the John Tolos question. I mean I had that. I had fifty John Tolos's out before you did. You know, thirty seconds were up. You did. Uh, unfortunately hey. unfortunately for you, <laughs> the producer turns you off. I don't you know. Look, I have no control of that. I would have let it keep going. <laughs> Last but not least, well the president, Mr. Boston. Phil, how are you, pal? Doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. By awesome. the way, Phil and ESO will be joining the Monty and the Farrow show on Saturday at the big event and will be in studio. And we're talking about them doing one of the interviews, which should be pretty exciting. Yeah. So we got yeah, a baby. big stop on by. We've got a big weekend. Uh, we'll talk about that on the main show. All right. So here we go. Are you guys ready? Let's do it. All right. WWE fans puzzled by Bob Backlund's omission from the world title stats at Crown Jewel. Surprisingly to no one, Roman Reigns beat LA Knight at Crown Jewel, ensuring his historic run as an undisputed champion in WWE continues, now at 1,163 days long. Only three people in WWE history have ever had a longer world title reign than the Tribal Chief, Hulk Hogan, Bob Backlund, and the former living legend, Bruno Sammartino. However, when acknowledging these stats at Crown Jewel, Michael Cole did not mention the iconic Bob Backlund. Is this a simple mistake, or is there more to this? You've got a minute and 30 to sell me on this, gentlemen. We're going to open up with the player, the champion. Simple mistake, player, or is there more to this? We're putting you up on the board. I want to see the 30 clock before we start. Just waiting on the clock there, Mr. Producer. We've got the better-looking producer in the house, uh, Jared, who's filling in for Abe tonight. So he's kind of learning the 30, so I'm asking the fans to be uh, just a little calm here as he gets the clock up. Because I think Jared forgot to put the clock up, didn't you, Jared? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Hello. You get some, like, Jeopardy music here or what? We haven't even gotten to the first question, and Benny's already cheating. What's going on here? I know. He's I know, trying right? not to get the clock on there. He's got all this time now to think about everything. <laughs> oh, my God. I know, right? Hang in there, guys. Keep the keep the flow going. Not good for audio, though. This is uh, how we look in there, producer man. Minute 30, please. I want to see the player big screen so I can see that minute 30. Bob Backlund, simple mistake, or is there more to this? I am waiting for the 30. There's noise going on. There's drinking. There's craziness <laughs> happening. 
All right, pop him up so I could see him, please. Hopefully, this will be the only glitch of the night. All right, is the clock up? There we go. I see the clock. Got to make it bigger than that, Jared. I'm friggin' blind, bro. I mean, I'm looking <laughs> at this thing. I, I can't I see, see this thing. I can't look it on my computer because it's delayed. Can, can you make me a bigger clock? Like a giant clock? Sorry, guys. I just, I'm blind. He had like a mini clock up there. I couldn't even tell you what was on it. I don't want to have to throw my spec up. Benny, are you prepared for this? You seem like you're not even sweating it. No, I'm ready. Just I'm waiting for the clock. You tell you say when. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for our producer. We just forgot to put the clock up. That's all. It happens. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, dude! All right, fine. All right, Benny, you're on the thirty. Go. We'll have to get an hourglass. All right. Well, first of all, Michael Cole uh, defies the law of physics. And I say that because he can both suck and blow at the same time. Uh, now, as far as Bob Backlund, I mean, what a tragedy. Jesus, God. I mean, you're talking about one of the most iconic wrestlers of, of you know, all time. And I, I know Mike's youth. I know my, like, early adulthood. Uh, this was this is a Mount Rushmore wrestler. I mean, they put that belt on Backlund for a reason, and the reason was that anybody who came into the territory, if they tried to screw with Backlund, they were going to come out of the short end of that. I know that there was an instance of uh, Angelo Mosca trying to uh, shoot on Backlund, and he regretted that tremendously. But Bob Backlund, I mean, the guy was a great champion. I mean, was he the most charismatic guy? Of all time, hell no. But was he was he a good representative? Did he was he the good was he a flag bearer of that championship? Absolutely yes. I don't know why they're doing this. I don't know why. I mean, why do they need to eliminate Backlund to elevate Reigns? That's just wrong. <clears throat> it's disrespectful to a man that I consider a true legend of professional wrestling. Just sad. All right, good job. I think you might have lost some points there as the producer was messing around with the clock, but. Unfortunately, can't help. Yeah, I don't think I got a minute and thirty. So I, I, you know, look, dude. I, what can I tell you? (laughs) Oh, geez, look, six point. Come on. In the words of Davy Boy Smith, I got food. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Seems like a module screwjob. I don't even know what's oh. going on now. We got <laughs> checkerboards. Like oh, Everything's happening right Dan, now. Dan's behind that. I know he is. Oh wow. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking, he was up last week's runner-up, Dan. We want to get him up on the board when the producer finally decides to get the clock. That clock's fine, dude. I can see it. Minute thirty, please. Yeah, now I can. <laughs> man, you got screwed. Six points. That's rough, man. I got hosed. You did get hosed. I don't think you're winning. I think I you're holding on to your belt prison. tonight, pal. Dude, you can't run the clock until I say the 30. I mean, holy cow. These new producers, man. They just like, what the hell? Are you ready? You're on the 30, Dan. Go. All right, well, I totally have to start by agreeing with Benny. Michael Cole is awful. I think nothing excuses the incident from WrestleMania when Shane jumped through the table and it panned over and Michael Cole was actively reading from a piece of paper saying, oh, my God, he just smashed through the table. What a surprise. It was terrible. He's bad. But, no, in this case, I think this is a simple uh, old Occam's razor. You know, the simplest solution is the 
the right one and either it was omitted by accident. They've mentioned Backlund a bunch of times over the last year or so as Reigns' title reign has gotten longer and longer. So I don't think it's an omission, even if there's... Just because a few people are really saying anything about it, I think if they just keep pushing the mantra, Hogan's the next thing, which leads me to believe that Cody Rhodes is not winning that title. If they're going to do this, and this was on purpose... Cody Rhodes is not going to become champion. I'm okay with that. Yeah, Roman would have to keep the belt until September of next year, though. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I mean, if you if you're going to go this far to eliminate like an icon like Backlund, try to just get past them. Now, again, you guys could be right; it could have been a mistake, but I can't imagine it was. I just can't. That's a pretty big mistake. I don't think it was. I think it was. I think it was intentional. Yeah, and. We'll like know if I we said, get an apology. Like I said, to make him number two and make sure it happens, that means Cody's done. The dream is over. Yeah. At least for the foreseeable future. At least for a year and a half. Yeah, so I'm just waiting young. for the clock. All right. <clears throat> Can we put the clock over ESO there, Mr. Producer Man? There you go. All right, you're on the 30. Go, Brucey. All right. Well, the original question was, is there more to this? Yes, there is more to this. Michael Cole is not stupid. Michael Cole knows who was champion, when and where, and for what time period. He's been around the WWF and WWE for generations worth of fans. Um, This is totally, totally to elevate Roman to a different level. Um, A really... uh, a popular podcaster was on another podcast called Busted Open last week, and uh, he brought up some great points that, you know, maybe that this is building up towards Roman getting so close to Hulk Hogan and maybe Cody going over at that point. But let, let, let's look back. There, there were discrepancies in Backlund's, in Backlund's title defenses. He did have that Inoki lapse. He did have something, I believe, with Harley Race. He did have that thing with Valentine. So, yeah, there, there was definitely, definitely more to that. Now, let, let's talk about this in general. The WWE, WWF has had a history of rewriting wrestling history. When I was a kid, they told me that Andre the Giant had never been slammed and had never been defeated before. But lo and behold, Shea Stadium, Hulk Hogan, and Andre the Giant had fought before. And Hulk Hogan and Slidre. And then Andre had lost by disqualifications many times throughout his career. So, yeah, this is a definite work Good job, for, the, for the fans. Good job. Unfortunately, I think our producer fell asleep and your clock at the clock is updated. I'm like, what's going on? Wow, Bruce, you're at first. Look at that. At first, I thought the producer was sleeping at the wheel, but. Good point on Andre the Giant Hogan, and in my mind, even though like we all know how many times Andre's been slammed, you always kind of remember that Hogan was the guy that did it. So all right, guys. This way, when I was a, when I was a kid, we didn't have access to the VHS cassettes readily yet, so we couldn't see that type of stuff. So we believed the WWF, and then you go back and you look at it. It's like, oh well, yeah. Look at all this history that happened before. I think it falls in the same chapter as if the glove doesn't fit, you must have quit. If you push it long enough, people will believe it, right? (laughs) All right, guys, question two. Seems a pay-per-view cocaine spot may mean no TV for the NWA. 
The story from Nick Hausman's House of Wrestling, which also provided the October 18th report, that the TV contracts been, Corgan's been teasing were recently revamped broadcast network, the CW. It deals with bit on October 28th in which Father James Mitchell and his entourage sorry, were seen drinking and snorting a powder while the announcing team awkwardly laughed at the scene. Does this affect the NWA, and why? ESO, you can open up with this. By the way, we had Father uh-huh. James Mitchell in here. Um, didn't seem like he did cocaine, but who knows? Anyway, you're on a thirty, Bruce. Go. Is it going to affect them in this day and age? Absolutely, because we're in a judgmental thing. But if this were any other television show, we would just laugh it off. It's just another angle. It's not real. It's wrestling. It's a taped thing. We either have to t- start taking things at face value, or go the other way. You, you know, you, you kind of can't have both when it when it comes to professional wrestling. Why does pro wrestling always get judged in that that middle middle range? Oh, it's overboard. Oh my gosh, you can't do that. But you see more violent, more crazy things on the everyday network crap. I I don't know. I, somehow this just doesn't seem. Should it affect the NWA? No, but will it? Unfortunately, I think it will. And the NWA has a chance to put out a product that's different than some of this other stuff that the WWE and the uh, AEW are doing. They're trying to bring back that little bit of old school, a little bit of realism, a little bit of good feel in it. Um, I actually like I, I didn't realize how big of a fan of EC3 I would be until I just went back and started rewatching some of the, the recent NWA stuff. I think Billy Corgan's doing a good job. Shock is good for wrestling. Unfortunately, in this instance, I think it's going to work against them where I don't think it should. Prostitutes, drugs, all that have been part of wrestling forever. It's not going away. It's part of. It's part of. You know, it's part of Hollywood. Good job, Bruce. Everything. Good job. Good job. <laughs> all right, I need a live counter, man. I can't have after the go counter. Okay. <laughs> All right. Phil, you're in the number two spot, buddy. Tough stuff, baby. It is tough stuff. Will this affect the NWA and why you're on the 30? Go. Sadly, in this very judgmental age, it could affect um, their TV deal here. But, you know, most of us would agree that it doesn't make sense, you know, who was it that once said, I don't know if it was Vince himself who said, you know, we don't make matches, we make movies. And, you know, people know now, if this were a different era pre-1985 or whenever Vince went public that this is a bit of a work, then maybe you could make an argument this was being sold as a sporting event and the drugs don't have any place in it. But you look at the Chicago Bulls in the 80s when Michael Jordan first came on, he said he walked into the hotel room and nearly everyone on the team was doing lines. So, I mean, and this is stuff that airs on ESPN. So they made, you know, real uh, references to real events, you know. Um, the product needs to be edgy. I think it's great. I think it fits in with Father Jim Mitchell's character perfectly. I mean, you know, how much more evil can we make him having, you know, 
the ladies of the night and the cocaine and everything else uh, all around. So artistically, I understand this. All right, this. Phil, good job. I really couldn't tell if it's a minute 30 because the producer forgot to start the clock. We're working well tonight, okay. folks. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. Woo. All right. Let's go, Phil. Jared, baptism by fire. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, you're in this bad boy. You got a tie up at the lead. You're only 10 points off. It's your favorite subject, cocaine. This should be a home run. Dan, you're on the 30. I want to make sure the clock starts this time, Dan, so go. Okay, now it's going to go. to stay during military drills. Start the problem, start the clock. Um, is good. this going to impact the, N the NWA? Yes, absolutely. Honestly, I think that this was – part of something bigger. I know it sounds weird and conspiracy-like, but they just recently announced that NXT is moving to the CW, and I'm getting vibes from years back when ECW was on TNN, and then TNN pulled the plug to sign with the WWE, and the story was that they had used ECW as a test balloon to see how they could run wrestling before they went to a real company. I think the CW wanted the WWE to begin with. They went to the NWA, and found an excuse to push them. The honestly, I think the store, the the rumors that the NWA would get bumped to CW streaming service off their live channel is probably true. Kind of like they have now with Fight TV, where there's not a network channel. You go to the streaming app and watch Power. I think yes, I agree. This isn't that big of a deal, especially with James Mitchell's character. But in the age of modern television, when everyone is offended by everything and everything can upset and hurt people immediately, you have to be on your absolute best behavior. Whoever approved a cocaine spot while you're still negotiating a TV deal with a family-friendly network, that was a bad, dumb move. NXT's moved in. They've taken your parking space. You're parking down the street and walking. NWA is screwed as of right now. Nice job, Dan, and popping in a lead. Champ! Six points. I feel like you're Zach Wilson, third and three. Oh, don't use that name. No, please. You're like Zach Wilson, third and three, and there's no chance you're getting the first down. That means right I'm going to fumble and short myself. <laughs> you're gonna, that's right. You're really going to fumble it, throw an interception. Who knows? Yeah. All right, you're on the 30. Let's get you back in this, champ. Go. You know, uh, not for anything, I think Billy Corgan, instead of smashing pumpkins, I think he's banging pumpkins right now. The same way that uh, Wil Wilfred Brimley was sticking his ding-dong into uh, Quaker Oaks. You know, just what a horrible, horrible move this was for NWA. I mean, what are they thinking? You know, you got James Mitchell, who is the great value version of Gary Hart. Um, you know, coming up with an incredibly I, – I can't really blame him because it probably wasn't his storyline. But, I mean, why would you do this when you're on the verge of a contract with CW? Uh, I mean, I get that you want an edgy product, but bottom line is you also want to make something this product – you want to make this product appealing to a family. I mean, do you – if you're a parent and your 13-year-old son is watching NWA and they see this crap – what are they going to do? They're going to tell them, you can't watch this anymore. So, uh, whereas they can, I mean, any anybody can watch WWE. Um, and, and you know, most people, I can't say most people can watch AEW because it is a niche show. But, you know, if you're an up-and-comer like NWA and you're trying to establish yourself, 
this is the last thing that you want to do. You you want to become you want to become appealing to everybody, and then if you want to make it edgy later on once you've established yourself, then do something like that. But no, this was a this was an, like Dan said, an incredibly stupid move. Good job, good job, Benny. Right back in this. Here's the question, right? We had uh, EC3 in studio, and we just had Aaron on last week. And both questions, both those guys are like, do you have a problem working for a guy that wasn't in wrestling, even though he's a rock star? And clearly, this is a perfect example. Someone should have stopped Corrigan and said, yeah, not a good idea, Billy. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Right, I agree. Bad move. I mean, you know, Aaron last week was saying they're like a family over there, right? And they all know they got this contract. These guys have to know. I mean, Aaron was in the WWE. EC3 was in the WWE. I agree with you guys. How could anyone think that was a good idea in today's environment, especially being an up-and-coming environment? It reminds, it reminds me of when McMahon used to talk about Heyman. He's like... It's a product, but you can't. It's a product you can't sell because advertisers aren't going to want it. Right. All right. Question yeah. three: Is the Keith Lee experiment over? During last night's episode of AEW Dynamite, Joe defeated Keith Lee in a stellar match for the title. Afterward, he took the microphone and said that he's proven he's the greatest Ring of Honor television champion ever and now he's hungry for the AEW world title and he'll be vacating the television title the question is guys Keith Lee does a job and Joe vacates the title does this mean that Keith Lee is just done? Instead of just handing him the title, let him be Joe and maybe move on his career, he thinks thought so poorly that he would lose and then Joe vacates the title. Is the Keith Lee experiment over? Phil, you're on the 30. I'm waiting for the clock. Go. No, I don't think the experiment is over at all. He is a proven commodity. Did you hear the pops that he got, the chance that he got? He is over the moon with the fans, and rightly so. And I've been a big fan of his for several years now. Even when he was back with the company, he uh, is so impressive. A 350-pound man who can throw his body around like that, leapfrog like that, just explosive, unbelievable. And he really... He, uh, he looked at times like he was going to take out Samoa Joe, but uh, I don't think that this is, I mean, it's, it is a slap in the face to him, but perhaps this is the start of something else. Is it the death of him, or is it maybe a rebirth? Is it giving him a reason, a story, something to pursue? Is it giving the title, actually, a little more notoriety now because of the way Joe, like a classic heel, just cast it aside? So I think maybe just the opposite, and I hope it does foster a feud between these two because I think this is the first time they ever met in ring, so in a single situation. So, I, you know, I can't believe that Keith Lee would go in and have one match and and that be it, unless he has uh, broader horizons ahead of us, ahead of him. So I think um, 
I think this is the start of something good. I definitely want to see him go over Samoa Joe. Um, I like them both very much, but I'm definitely a Keith Lee fan. Again, the audience. I mean, who would want to get rid of him? He is so over, and and, and rightly so. Good job, Phil. And a unique look. Good job, buddy. I don't know. I still think Cole should have became a manager like the WWE wanted to be, and he could have managed Keith Lee, and God knows yeah. where he would have been by now. ESO, you're in the two spot. You're in this game. The Oops. pressure's on. You are in this game, man. You're on a 30. Go. All right. The question is, is Keith Lee done? No, no, not at all. This is just the beginning of him. Uh, I came back to wrestling in about 2019 and, and brought myself back up to speed on a lot of things. And overall, Keith Lee was somebody that I was really impressed with what he was accomplishing in WWE. And I was kind of surprised when he was let go. Yes, I know he put on a little bit of weight and stuff like that, and maybe he wasn't as mobile. But I have to say, recently, this guy's been showing more and more and more charisma and more and more of what he can do. Um, he definitely has life life left in him, even if it's beyond AEW. Don't forget, his wife, Mia Yim, works over uh, next door at WWE, and I don't think he left on bad terms. If he's just proving himself for a year or two at AEW to get that contract to go back to WWE, I, I wouldn't blame him. He's definitely, definitely a good commodity. He's good on the mic. He looks great. How many 300-plus-pound men move like that? Man, it just reminds me of like a Bam Bam Bigelow. I expect the guy sometimes to do cartwheels across the ring. Uh, as far as the way he lost the title, I think that's a lack of foresight on AEW. I mean, that makes absolutely zero sense. It does look like they're they're burying the guy, but the reality, like, like Phil had said, the, the pop the guy gets, makes it, it, it makes no sense for you to bury that. But let's look at AEW. It has way too many titles to begin with. Maybe this is a way of getting rid of one. Well, Don Bruce, wow. Yeah. That was pretty good. I like the Mia, Mia shout-out. Player, champ, you're back in this. You're within range after a uh, terrible first round. That wasn't my fault. Well, <laughs> you know, that's up for question. I don't know. <laughs> have to talk to Jared about what that. Is this? I, you know, this is my fault. Your issue will have to be taken up with the producer, the super producer, Jared. Jazz right. level it is not. Is there a grievance pr procedure here or what? <laughs> there is. It has to go through okay. me. The, uh, the yeah. And Betty, it doesn't work. I'll, I'll give you Chubby Cortello's okay. number. Guess what? It does not work. Wait. You're not going to get anywhere. <laughs> the law firm of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe. <laughs> you know what? If you would have waited to the clock to start to say that, you would have picked up points. But again, you <laughs> slipped right. up. You're on yeah. a 30. I'm having Go. a rough week. All right. So, no, I think this has nothing to do with Keith Lee whatsoever. This has nothing to do with Keith Lee and everything to do with Samoa Joe. I mean, now, why he felt like or they felt like he needed to drop the, the Ring of Honor TV title to become a more serious contender for the world title, I, I that I have no idea because they, they do have. I mean, look, MGF, MJF is the, the AEW World Champion and the ROH uh, Tag Team Champion with Adam Cole. You got uh, Eddie Kingston, who's the ROH World Champion, and the AG, NG, NJPW, I think it's Strong Champion. So, I mean, they already established a precedent of having champions with two belts. So I'm not really sure why they did this unless they want – I mean, and part of the problem is they have uh, – they have they've 
thrown way too many challengers at MJF simultaneously. I think that's where they're making their mistake. You know, back in the day, you know, Bruno, Backlund, any of these guys, Pedro, even Hulk, I mean, they would build up one heel uh, and make them unbeatable and to the point where you thought, oh, shit, is Bruno going to lose his title or is, you know, Backlund going to lose his title? Somehow they, they scraped by, whether it was one title match at MSG or three, but um, no, I think, you know, Keith Lee is, is, a, is a very good commodity. He's solid. He's great in the ring. He's got a, you know, maybe not such a good look, but no, good he's job, still in Good is. job. You know, Benny, one thing I have to say, I love the point that you brought up about them pushing one heel. But back in the day, I used to love when, you know, cable first came out and you'd watch the other arenas like you'd catch uh, Washington. And they were always behind the garden, so you would get a different challenger there. And I always right. liked that. I always, you know, I kind of like different challengers, actually. But that's just me. Who am I? I'm no wrestling expert. You're the Dan. Host. Yes, sir. You are ready, buddy. You're in this, and you're in this to win it. You're on the 30. Go. Well, I want to start by answering the president's question. He said, who would want to get rid of Keith Lee? And the answer to that is Vince McMahon. So I completely <laughs> Wow. If, if I was – no, no, I, I agree. If I was Keith Lee, I would be biding my time until Triple H, TKO, and people that can actually competently run a wrestling company want me to come back. I mean, Keith Lee, he did have the, have the weight gain. That was due to – COVID and a heart problem that developed where he couldn't do cardio and he went out there that's maybe my body type knows it's hard to be skinny or at least in shape if you can't do cardio and but if you watched his match against Samoa Joe he did a leapfrog he did the back the flying crossbody the jumping uh, excuse me the jumping German then when he reversed Samoa Joe's splash it was just absolutely phenomenal stuff he was over. When he is peak, you think about Keith Lee and Roman Reigns at the Survivor Series. You think about Keith Lee and Adam Cole in NXT. When he can go, he is one of the best big men in the business. He just turned 39 yesterday, so he's still got plenty of good years left if he can keep it going. <clears throat> but as for the title, remember when they got rid of the 24-7 belt? when Nikki Cross just so nonchalantly threw it away that she missed the trash can and no one even acknowledged that it was laying on the floor. That feels like what they just did with this title. You beat one of your most popular guys, and then the guy who beat him was like, I don't need this belt anymore. I want to go to something that actually matters. This is Diesel holding up the tag title going, what a pittance. It's just absolute garbage the way they treated this title. If they're not phasing wow. it out, they drop Good it. round, Dan. Good round. You know, though, I got to ask why does COVID get the uh, blame for Keith Lee's uh, weight gain? Why not the pizza and tacos that he eats every night? <laughs> well, just when, when somebody called him out on social media about it, it was Mia Yim that said, explained that he had had COVID and was hospitalized and everything else. So that's kind of been the official reason. What he ate while he was laid up, not, not I don't know. Yeah, Mia's not going to talk about that, right? <laughs> just saying, I don't know. What, what do I know? Again, I'm no wrestling expert. Question number four. This is a tight race, guys. And I got to say, every week, I'm always impressed by you guys because I could not do this. I certainly could not do this. Lexus King takes credit for WWE NXT 11.7 viewership boost. WWE's NXT brand brought packed show this week. In the end, they pulled a decent viewership, uh, improved from last week's numbers. It appears that one newcomer is taking credit. 
On November 7th, the episode of WWE NXT brought in 794,000 viewers. Guys, is Lexus King the reason? And what's Lexus King's future in the WWE? Dan, after that great last round, you're up first here. You're on the clock. You're at the 30. Go. Is Lexus King solely responsible for the spike in the ratings? No. Did he help? Absolutely. Because for the first time in years, he has meant something. They had a chance. AEW had a chance to do something with Brian Pillman Jr. when his father's episode of Dark Side of the Ring aired, and he was one of the most popular people in wrestling at the time as far as sympathy from the crowd. Instead, they threw him in a jobber tag team, buried him, and did nothing. Yes, absolutely. This reinvented I don't want to be a Pillman anymore character is, I mean, he is going to be in the stratosphere. He is going to take his father's spot. Whether he'll be main event champion, I don't see Lexus King headlining WrestleMania, but he's got an intercontinental U.S. and tag title reign in his future. He'll probably be NXT champion at some point. Absolutely, he deserves some of the credit for it. And NXT as a whole deserves the credit. Just last week, they had better ratings than Friday and Saturday combined for AEW. When Rampage and Collision combined had less ratings than NXT, that's a question of the product. When Lexi King, when he's not your main focus and he's still one of the best things on your program, two, three, four matches deep, you've got a character people care about, you've got promos people care about, you've got somebody that you know is going to be the future. Like I said, two, three, four matches deep, AEW doesn't have that. He deserves all the credit in the world for what he's doing. People said, give this guy the ball and he can run with it. He's got the ball and he is running to the end zone right now. Whew. Another great round, Dan. Guys, Dan has come to play. I mean, this is those are two really solid rounds. And I know Benny's a Jets fan, so the end zone is what you're supposed to get into if you don't know what that is. Ow. Some anger over last week. Ouch. Um, could this be the end of the Dan and Benny show? I'm not so sure. <laughs> hey, if, if an Orioles and a Yankees fan can get along, I think we'll be all right. Player, champ. You had a great turnaround. You're back in the game, but your partner there is not making it easy on anybody in this game right now. You're on the 30. Go. Do I think that Lexus King is responsible for the spike in the ratings? Absolutely not. But do I have a problem with Lexus King claiming that he's responsible uh, for the spike in the ratings? Absolutely not. I mean, this is professional wrestling. These guys, I mean, what 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 do you need to do as a wrestler? You need to get yourself over. That's the bottom line, and this that's what this guy is doing. I mean, he and he's got, I mean, he's got the he's got the name, he's got the look, he's got the promo skills, he's got the in ring ability. You know, you 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 need that last little. It's like doing a bench press. You know, you, you need that last little oomph to to get over the hump and 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 get that that rep done. Um, I have no problem with him doing that now. Whether or not, you know, from a social media perspective that he pisses off his, his AEW or um, NXT co-workers, that's a whole different story. But, I mean, you know, it's, it's a business where everybody works everybody. Mike, that's, your, that's what you taught me. That we're all, they're all workers. Everybody works everybody. You know, this guy is, is working everybody to, uh, to make them to believe that uh, he's responsible for the rise in the ratings. And I, I agree with Dan. I mean... 
he's probably in, in good part responsible for the, the rise in the ratings. Totally not. But, I mean, the, the guy is a star in the making, and I'm really looking forward to seeing where, where this guy goes because he he's definitely a, a, a future star. Well done, champ. Another good round. Man, you guys are playing hardball today. ESO, you're in the third spot. There's a chance for you to become champion. <laughs> Lexi King stands between you and the world title. You're on the 30. Go. First of all, was Lexis King responsible for the ratings boost? No. No. Has anybody been watching what been, they've been doing with NXT over the past couple months? They've had Becky Lynch with the title. They've had The Undertaker perform. They've had Cody Rhodes perform. They've had Dominic Mysterio perform. This is not something new. They have been working towards building the ratings of NXT. And it's not only through having those stars there. It's also through writing better storylines, having better character development, and really working towards the future. Uh, Brian Pillman Jr., or excuse me, Lexus King, is he the future? Absolutely. As Brian Pillman Jr., he'll be the future. But right now, he's just Lexus King on NXT. Um I, I definitely think he's going. If this is, if this is him making a heel move, awesome. I think him saying, "Hey, you know, I'm responsible for this ratings boost as a heel." Great, but as a person, no, that's kind of silly. If you're going to have that type of attitude in the WWE, we know what's going to happen. You end up getting buried. You're probably going to get let go. You're going to have to develop your ego on another, in another place, in another system, and then we'll welcome you back and we'll bring you back to another level. Let's look at a, a Drew McIntyre. Come on. That's what's happened to a lot of the superstars with those, those super egos. This guy is not Braun Breaker. He is Brian Pillman Jr. Big nice future, round there, however. Bruce. Nice round. All right, Phil. Wow, this is man. becoming a chase, bro. And yeah. Mr. King is uh, the question of the day. To quote Norman Shears, it's a dog-eat-dog world, and I'm wearing milk-bone underwear right you now. Right now, <laughs> you are yeah. right. Nice. Again, another that. opportunity to wait for the clock to start and get some points, yeah. but you guys are giving <laughs> away the joke early. You're on at 30. Go. Um, Brian Pillman, Jr., I would, I, out of curiosity, I would watch to see his first match or second match, whatever it was. Worked late, didn't get in, didn't get a chance to see him. Saw him first live a number of years ago on an indie show. He does have it, regardless of, you know, he has the great look, of course, the lineage, the athleticism is off the charts. And, you know, you talk about heels and making really vital, strong heels. What's one of the most heelish things a person can do? renounce one's family one's name i mean it's shakespearean in a sense just and again to call himself king which of course is the family's name shakespearean in itself too i mean to claim responsibility for the great ratings of nxt is is perfectly heelish in fact i mean i think if the bengals do well this season if they see a resurgence somehow he might lay claim to being instrumental in that too which you know which would be a, another wonderful thing for him um I, he's he's a compelling individual. I mean, let's not forget that Brian Pillman, his dad, worked in three different organizations at the same time. And, was, and again, we all know it. He was receiving three checks, one from ECW, WWE, and WCW. I mean, he is the ultimate worker, the ultimate heel, the ultimate guy who combines work and shoot. We call it a shork. 
it's a shoot work kind of thing. And uh, he is perfect at blending reality and illusion. And I think... Uh, well done, think, Phil. Yeah. Another well done. All right, guys, we're in the final round before the championship. Phil, you're going to be opening up, so stay right where you are. All righty. This one you won't be ready for. If you were ready for I'm any ready of those four questions, but this one's going to be a bit tough. Okay. What are the top five greatest pro wrestling entrance songs? And convince me why. Phil, you're on the 30. Go. Um, I loved Goldberg's, even though Goldberg's was used for a few people before Goldberg himself. I actually think Dean Malenko had that that uh, that theme song beforehand, but I think Goldberg made it his, and uh, it still gives me chills when I hear it. Uh, love Finn Balor's in terms of something in the recent in the past ten years or so. Finn Balor's is great again, um, and again these are songs without lyrics, which is uh, which is. Uh, pretty good i liked um gosh there are so many of course i love living color and solemn this summer but i mean that is a great entrance theme and i pop for it all the time but you know I, i'm thinking more along the lines of, of of themes that were created in in these studios wwe wcw um you know i the tiger certainly is up there too with hogan one of the first to use music too and actually superstar graham used it even before him briefly um Great tunes. Randy Orton's first song, first theme song, I thought was great, too. Um, that ranks up there. Love the shield, okay? The shield entrance theme, the whole um, the, the whole uh, entrance, the, the sound effects, just everything. Whenever I heard that, just, you know, magic. Sierra, Hotel, Echo, Indigo, Lima, Delta, Shield. Awesome stuff, man. So I'm thinking along the newer lines, some of those songs, the wrestling themes that were created for the, the well business. Well done, Phil. Very tough question. I want to remind our producer, this is the final round. If they get bypassed, so exact, right now Phil's at 53. If he gets bypassed, Dan is already still ahead of him. Phil goes to the land of misfit toys. There should be a thumbnail that will go over his face, and he will be <laughs> executed and relieved of his duties on his show. I'm going to go finish so just, supper. <laughs> just, but you know what? Yeah, this show got dark. Right now, you're at 53, Dan's at 51, you got Bruce at 41, and the champ at 44. So, Phil, you're really in this. ESO, you're on. What is the top five greatest pro wrestling entrances? And convince me why. You're on the 30. Just waiting for you to get the clock over you. Go. All right, so the number five in my books. Not somebody I'm necessarily a fan of, but when this man made the entrance, you knew who was coming down, and that was time to play the game, Triple H. That theme song, come on, everybody knows what was going to happen at that point. Number four, the glass shatters. Who's about to come down to that ring? None other than Stone Cold Steve Austin. Anybody who's not popping for that, I don't know what the hell is wrong with him. Number three, somebody from my youth. The one and only Macho Man Randy Savage taking a classical piece of music, pomp and circumstance, and leading that, using that for his lead into the ring. Come on, tell me that was not a majestic entrance. That was one of the most amazing entrances. You knew 
who was coming down at that point. It was the macho man, Randy Savage. Number two, the greatest tag team ever, ever to enter the ring. When you heard Iron Man by Black Sabbath come in, who was coming down to that ring to dominate? You had the one and only, the Road Warriors, the Legion of Doom. And now, number one, Hulk Hogan. I am a real American. Come on, who can deny that was the number one theme song of all time? Bruce, yeah. well you done. Did. But unfortunately, by my count, wait, no, you're still in here. I got to be honest. You're still live because Dan isn't up yet and he's trailing. So, Bruce, uh, Dan cannot get any points and you might win this Come bad on, boy. That was the greatest list. It was a pretty good list. But the bigger problem I had here is can you convince me why? Maybe the player can, the champ. What are the top five greatest pro wrestling entrance songs and convince me why? Player, you're on the 30. I'm waiting for it to swing over. Go. Well, I got to go with Bruce as far as Real American. The minute, the very second you heard the first bar of that song, the, the entire crowd popped. They went batshit. They knew that it was going to go. In a couple of seconds, they were going to see Hulk come through the curtain, and it just, like, the entire crowd went wild. Um, I would have to say the same thing with The Ultimate Warrior, the same exact thing. The minute you heard the beginning of that song, people went batshit. I mean, the Warrior was so over, and, you know, you knew that you were going to see some guy run down the ropes, run down the ring at 900 miles an hour, shake the ropes. And I, forget about the fact that he was already blown up by the time he did that, and he wrestled a two-minute yeah. match because, you know, he already shot his load. Did just do making his entrance, but um, and then I personally love Bret Hart, and maybe because Bret Hart was a personal favorite of mine. But I love that 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 entrance song, and you know, again, the crowd the crowd anticipated Hart coming out. Um, one that nobody's going to say, and it's just a personal favorite, is "Girls in Cars" by Robbie Dupree, which was the entrance song of uh, Strike Force, uh, Martel and Santana. Just a great, catchy song. Where Jimmy did you Hart come up with that? <laughs> Jimmy Hart sang that in 1988 Slammies. Yeah. Great, great song. I don't care. And then, of course, Ric Flair's entrance song. I mean, just iconic. I mean, it's, you know, that slow song, and, you know, it, it just portrayed the, the, the champion that All he right, was. All right, man. Good job, player. Yo, I'm sorry, Bruce. You are at 52. Can we send him to the land of Misfit Toys? Jared, send Bruce on his way. We'll, Bruce, we'll great job. <laughs> Unfortunately, you didn't pull it off. Bye, Good Bruce. job. I'll see though. everybody this weekend in New Jersey, or in Long Island. Yeah. Just waiting for the land of Misfit Toys to go over your face <laughs> and get rid of you. All right, well, then just get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll just Where's take the, the call. McMahon? I'll make it You're easier fired. for you guys. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> Bye, Bruce. Silvano. Did you disconnect them? There he goes. Bye-bye, Bruce. Okay. All right. Dan, you might want to save it. Once you get past 53, I would stop. But that's your call. You know the question. We're putting you up on the 30. If you can't get two points out of this, my friend, I don't know what to say. <laughs> You're on the 30. Go. Well, you guys have had some serious good ones. You're, of course, 
all wrong, 100% greatest theme song ever, WCW Tag Team American Males. I mean, how do you not put that number one on the list? American Males. No. If, if you're gonna, if, if you want to talk convincing, can we get minus someone, points? Minus points. <laughs> if if yeah. you want to talk about convincing someone that they have a good theme song, you need the crowd to explode the second you hear that first chord. So I can only think of five that bring out that in anybody. Number one, the Rock and Roll Express. You hear Rock and Roll is King. The women start screaming, babies in the air. Ricky Morton coming out, getting the biggest pop you're going to hear this week. Absolutely mm. on that list. I agree right. with Benny, the Ultimate Warrior. Dun, 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 dun. The second you hear that noise, the crowd goes nuts. I was All right, Dan, I'm going to cut you off right there. Mr. Boston, we'll see you on Saturday, my friend. Well done, yeah. sir. Yeah, thank you. Good night, guys. He was training hard. Hey, don't forget, Phil, if you still hear me, you're coming on the main show. <laughs> All right. All right, guys, get, put them both at zero. For the championship round, please. Uh-oh. It's Dan and Benny in the ring facing Benny. off again. Come back. This is this is going to be rough, boys. Oof. It's unbelievable. You guys squaring off again. You're at zero. Final question. What was the worst storyline in professional wrestling history? You're up first, Dan, once we get you up for the 30. Once he gets you up. Go. I know it's cliche because it gets talked about a lot and it's a more modern term, but I have never in the 40 years I've been watching wrestling, I have never in my life been more disgusted or turned off by a storyline than two words, Katie Vick. You literally built an entire storyline around your former monster heel being a sympathetic babyface who might also be a... a a necrophiliac rapist murderer. So, yeah, what a great way to build up a new champion. No, I don't know who approved that. I would can only imagine how awful that writing room was at the time. But you literally built Kane, this monster heel, monster machine. Now he's going to be the face. You had the great story with his buddy set up with X-Pac. We might be able to do something with him. Just kidding. Here's an entire storyline angle about having sex with a dead body and car accidents, and now you're no longer burnt. Oh, and by the way, we retconned your entire history. So everything, that great series you had with The Undertaker, WrestleMania 14, and your first defeat, and that great storyline, that never happened. Complete reboot on your past history, because we're really interested in having Triple H have sex with a fake mannequin in what was apparently a real <laughs> funeral home, by the way. So just absolutely awful, awful stuff. I mean, when I think about... The Shockmaster, when I think about some of the horrible gimmicks that came out of the territories, and they didn't burn me the way this did, number one worst storyline I have seen in my lifetime, Katie Vick. Well done, Dan. Hey, play it. You see what he did to you right there? He made sure he took oh, another yeah. bad storyline out of your, your your play, right, by mentioning it. So if, if you were going to use a Shockmaster, he took that out of your, your uh, weaponry. Yeah, well done. He, he is a player player we're putting you on the 30 you're defending the title the sunglasses are off what's going on here man this guy's ready for war i gotta Go. get serious here well you know if if william jefferson clinton was sitting here next to me he would tell dan you just read my mind because <laughs> that actually that was actually what i was gonna say i was gonna say katie vick i mean i write for pro wrestling stories 
And I approached J.P. Zarka, and I said, I want to write a story about Katie Vick. And he said, oh, God, no, don't do that. But, um, you know, bottom line, it wound up becoming my, my most widely read story with 165,000 reads, which is pretty damn good. But, and, in, in, you know, if, if I'm not going to go with that, I have to go with the Mark Henry, May Young angle where, you know, he, he stuck his sexual chocolate in her oven, and I guess it melted to the, to the point where she gave birth to a hand. I mean, wow. where they got this from, I have no idea. To the point where even Pat Patterson th- uh, threw up on TV. And you got to know that Pat Patterson saw a lot worse than a hand coming out of a woman's vagina. So um, uh, that, that, has to, that has to go down in history is the very worst. I mean, thankfully, it didn't ruin Mark Henry. You know, I guess May, May Young somehow survived the hand coming out of her snizzatch. But, you know, <laughs> Jesus. Um, I, I, that, that is by far to me the, the, you know, the very worst angle in the history of TV. God help us all. Oh, man. Well, champ, I hate to say it. We've got a new champion. Congratulations, Dan. Dan and Ben in the ring seem to be battling back and forth every week, and this Uh, is worse than a 24-7 title. We'll see everybody next week. God bless. All right, send a new link for the main show to Phil.